Hello everybody, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and once again I greet you in that glorious, matchless, and majestic name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We give Him praise today. And once again, I want to thank you for joining me for more Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's program, I've got an exciting message that is guaranteed to bless you. So call a friend, call a neighbor, let them know that Kingdom Rock Radio is on the air. And they're about to be marvelously blessed. And remember, if you would like to download this message in its entirety, just go to the website at kingdomrock.org and click on the radio page for more options. All right, get ready, get set. Here comes the rich word of God. God bless you. Understand that every word is built on the one before, built on the preceding. When God is changing a mentality or changing uh, the thoughts of a society, the, the thoughts of a people, when he's changing them, he doesn't do it all at once. He does it jot by jot, tittle by tittle, here a little, there a little. He makes subtle changes. If the Lord were to come into your life, or if he would allow, should I say this, if, if he would allow all the changes that need to be taking place in you, he would allow it all to take place at once, it would throw us. It would throw us. Because really we've been uh, leaning on our security blankets for a long time. Security blankets of uh, lust, security blankets of uh, whatever habits or addictions, anger, whatever you want to call it, when we go through different trials or situations in life, whatever you go to to help ease the pain, if it's food or whatever it is, I don't want to name all day, but whatever it is that you go to in your time of distress, that's your security blanket. And if the Lord were to take away all of your security blankets at one time, you would break you would fall. So he takes away some a little at a time and allows you to replace it with your faith in him. The Bible declares that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is our comforter. He is the one who is to bring the saint of God comfort in times of stress, in the times of when we are feeling overwhelmed. It is the Holy Spirit that is meant to bring us comfort, not these other things. But that's a relationship with God that he has to walk you into. You don't just get that just by walking in the door of salvation. You have to go further. You have to go further. You have to walk with God. And he'll lead you and guide you into all truth and show you things to come. Now today, the Lord spoke to me a word a few days ago. Now I didn't know how he was going to bring it out. Uh, but I thank him that he is. Praise the Lord. I didn't come today with the script. I'm here merely to follow what the Lord says. Are you with me? Now this is the word the Lord told me to give you. Of course, again, this is built upon the others that the Lord has uh, instructed me. Uh, in the past, instructed us in the past. 
I mean, so many other messages he gave us. Uh, allow the supernatural, uh, the old wineskins won't work, and addicted to the pool. And really, if you've only heard these one time, uh, then I can honestly say that you did not get the full meat of it. You're going to have to hear it more than once. You're going to have to hear it more than once to get the full meat of it. Because realistically, when the word of God goes forth, distractions can occur so easily. And most of us, when we come to the house of God, we don't even come with paper and pen to take notes. So all we're doing is we're relying simply on our memory of, of what we can get at that moment. What we can get at that moment. But if it is true, and I know that it is, that God is speaking, that he can use a donkey, that he can use a man or a woman, that he can use his set man, then I know that what he is saying is worth searching out. And this is the word that the Lord has given me to give to you today. He says, get open. I want to use you. Get open. I want to use you. Now, I saw a picture in my spirit. I saw a picture of a quarterback holding a football. He was holding a football at a game. And he had some receivers out there. And uh, the opposing team were all around that receiver. Some of you watched football before, right? And the opposing team were all around his receiver. He wanted, the quarterback wanted to advance the ball downfield. He wanted to get it downfield so that they could score a touchdown. But the other people, the other guys, the tacklers, what have you called those other people? They were out there surrounding him and were not letting him receive the ball. Now, you've got a good quarterback. You've got a good quarterback who is the Lord. And his arm is caught back. And he wants to throw you the word. He wants you to throw you this ball. But from time to time, he has thrown you the ball. And the enemy has intercepted it before you can even get it. We see this acted out in the word of God as the Lord tells us about the sower who goes to sow seed and, and some fall on the wayside and before, you know, by and by he forgets it. The enemy, the bird has devoured that seed up. Interception. Didn't even get it. Heard it, forgot it. Couldn't get it to where it needed to go. So the enemy can't intercept the ball. Now, when the Lord throws you the ball, throws you the word, it's your responsibility to catch it, run it in. Run it in for the score. Catch it, run it in for the score. That is, you hear the word of God, you do the word of God, and it manifests. When it manifests, there's another score on the board. But too often, we hear the word of God, fumble the word of God, or the enemy intercepts it. We allow an interception, and we never score. And things in our lives remain the same. Same old mess. Weekend after weekend, day after day, same old problems, same old situations. 
and the enemy score is running up and we're losing. We can see we're losing when we look at our bank accounts, look at our relationships. All around we see that we are losing. But that's because we have not received the word. We have not gotten open to receive the word of God. Now on the opposing team, I saw the enemy, Satan, as the coach. And uh, he has an agent for that team. He's the coach and owner. Satan is the coach and owner of that team. Coach and also the owner of that team. Are you with me? And the agent uh, has gone out to hire people for the team. He's going out to recruit. Now, here again, the enemy, Satan, is the coach and owner of the team. Now, the owner hires a recruiter that goes out and looks for new talent. Who would be best to get on this team to stop you from going forward? Well, the recruiter goes out and he finds several things. Now, the recruiter's name, if you can catch this, the recruiter's name is Sin. Satan hires Sin. Sin goes out and finds players that will come against you. The players that Sin uses, doubt. Fear, worry, lust, you name it, whatever it is, whatever sin causes in your life, these are the players that come out against you, all hired by or recruited by sin. Are you with me? All right, so these players are on the field, recruited by sin, held up or, or um, uh, hired by Satan. Are you with me? And so they're on the field. And they're surrounding you. All the works of the flesh, all the works of sin, they're all around you. And they're hindering you from receiving the ball. God says, get open. I want to bless you. Now, it is within your power to do some juking. It is within your power to do some spinning. It is within your power to fake these things out. Are you hearing me? It's within your power to use a lot of energy to fake it out. But let me coin a phrase from a popular movie. Neo tells Morpheus, well, Morpheus tells Neo, you'll be able to do a lot of things. Neo says, what do you mean? You mean I'll be able to dodge bullets? Morpheus said, no, when you're ready, you won't have to. I'm telling you today, you can spend a lot of time juking and moving. But when you're ready, when you understand the word of God, you'll understand you won't have to. You'll understand you won't have to. Because these enemies before you, that look all big and bruises and so forth and so on. These ones, these enemies that have been uh, recruited by sin, hired by Satan. These enemies are nothing but dust. Nothing but dust. You actually, we actually give them power to block us. And I'm going to show you today in the word of God how the Lord's telling us to get open. 
get open. He wants to use you. But we're held up. We're not open to receive from the Lord because all this mess is around us. All this mess is around us. Not open to receive and increase the score financially, increase our financial score because we haven't received. Not open to increase our spiritual score. That is a deeper relationship and fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ because we haven't received. Some people say, well, if I need to, if, I, if, I, if God really want me to know, he'll tell me no matter where I am. He'll, he'll let me know. He'll tell me. But he's been telling you. We just haven't been receiving. Can you receive it? Get open. Get open. Now, I'm going to throw this at somebody. I'm going to hold it. <laughs> Turn to them and tell them, get open. The Lord wants to use you. You didn't say it. Tell them, get open. The Lord wants to use you. Okay? But the, the enemy, the opposing team, is just not going to let you catch the ball. They want to win too. Are you with me? They're not going to let you catch the ball. They want it. But there is a way, and I'm telling you, in the word of God, there is a way. Now, let me change mics just for a second. There is a way in the word of God for you to defeat this enemy that's been hounding you, that's been stalking you. These blockers will attack you on the field and they will attack you at home. Everywhere where you try to go to produce something godly, to increase the score, these blockers will try to hinder you. But when you are ready, you won't have to juke them. You won't have to spin or do your spin, special spin moves. You'll be like the Lord Jesus when they, when they were trying to take him to throw him off the cliff. He didn't do any juke moves. He just simply walked right through them. I'm telling you that when you are ready, you won't have to fight with all this sin and fleshly stuff. You'll simply just walk right through it. When you are ready, you won't have to war with temptations. You won't have to wrestle with it. You'll simply walk right through it. Let's get into this. Let's look at the promise. Let's go to Romans, the 10th chapter. Romans 10. Romans 10. Very familiar scripture. Romans 10, we'll read verses 8 through 11. Now the King James Version. The Lord is taking you somewhere and he says, I want you to get open. I want to use you. Because when you receive the ball and run it in... And you score. Yes, you are affected, but the whole team is affected. We're that much closer to the win. In playing a team sport, everybody has a part. And when one person scores, the whole team scores. Isn't that right? The whole body wins. The whole body wins. 
Romans 10. Now, let me look at this. Let's look at this. Romans 10, verse 8 through 11. And it says, very familiar. It says, but what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy heart, rather, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Salvation or deliverance comes through our faith in the Lord and also our confession. We believe with our heart and we confess with our mouth. Believe with the heart and confess with the mouth. Now, we can all see this as it relates to a person getting born again, becoming born again. Right? Right. This is a supernatural work of God. Right? Right. It's a supernatural work of God. No man can save you. It's only God that can save you. Now, salvation is the most powerful and most wonderful miracle that there is among mankind. It is, we could say, it is also the most expensive miracle. It costs heaven everything. Are you with me? If you have faith enough to receive the most expensive miracle, don't you think that that same faith, if we use it, can also help you pay your light bill? Can help you out of your emotional distress? If it's worthy enough, if it is able, if that faith is able to get you the highest one, don't you know everything else is under that? There's nothing greater among us than not going to hell. There's nothing greater than actually being right in the sight of God, standing in his presence without fear and trembling because he wants us there. Are you with me? There is nothing else greater than that. We were first far off, far away from God, but now we have been brought near because of what Jesus did for us with his blood. What's greater than that? Healing of blinded eyes? What's greater than that? Healing of cancer? Getting a couple of dollars in your pocket? Get a new house, new car? What's greater than that? There is nothing greater than that. And if we have enough faith to get saved, you got enough to do everything else you need to do in the kingdom of God. I want you to hear now. I want you to hear today. You got enough to do anything else you need to do. But here's the battle. Once you get saved, the enemy comes in, Satan comes in, and he uses sin to convince you that the thing that you use to get saved is not good enough to keep you saved. Let me say that again. Once you give your life to the Lord Jesus, the enemy comes and opposes you 
and tries to convince you that the very thing you use to get the most expensive thing, to get the highest thing, the very thing you use to get that is not enough to keep, to keep you saved and it's not enough to bring things to you that you need. Say with me, that's a lie. Are you with me? Now, if you go into an auto dealership and you have been approved for credit for the most expensive car on the lot, the most expensive car on the lot, you've been approved, approved for it. You mean to tell me that you can't get that little do-nothing car at the end of the lot? If they approve you for the most expensive, don't you know you're automatically approved for that little bit of do-nothing down there? Are you with me? You've already been approved for the most expensive, already accepted. Everything else just falls in line. It goes without saying that I can have that too and that too and that too and that too and that too. Are you with me? Now, how did we become saved? We got, we got to start here and then we can go further. You heard the word preached and you believed it and you accepted it. And because you believed it, you accepted it. That word that you believed and accepted began to change your life. Now, how much did you have to do in order to get it? Did you have to fast and pray? Wait a second, preacher. I hear what you're saying, but I don't have enough faith yet to believe in what you're saying. Let me go back and spend a couple of weeks in fasting and prayer, and then I can get saved. How many of us did that? None of us did that. None of us did that. Wait a second, preacher. I heard the words you're saying, but, you know, I don't, I don't know enough scripture yet to receive that. So uh, hold off, and I'll be back. How much work did you have to do in order to receive salvation? No work. None. Because salvation is not of works, but it is of faith. I believe. Therefore, I receive. And my life changes. You will act on and your life will be changed in accordance with the word that you believe. You will act on and your life will change in accordance to the word that you believe. If you don't believe it, you haven't received it. And you cannot expect change. Are you with me? Now, for a long time, Lord told me to tell you this, so I'm going to tell you. For a long time, some time ago, I had been struggling with lust. And I told you something about this before, some time ago. And uh, I'm in good company. David was the same thing, same way. And so was uh, Samson and some others. But for a long time, I had struggled with that. What I was looking for was a place of rest. Looking for was a place of rest. It was the hunt that was so exhilarating. And I struggled with it. That is, when it came upon me, I tried to juke. <laughs> you ain't getting me today, buddy. You, you, no, you, ain't, you ain't getting me. You ain't getting me. No, 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 no. I tried to jump and hide and all this stuff slip and slide and all that trying to get away from me. But it always tackled me. It always tackled me. So the Lord asked me the question, how did you get out of that? 
I said, I began to believe. What did you begin to believe? I said, I began to believe that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I began to believe that I am holy. Not because of my lifestyle, but because of what he said. And as I began to believe right, I began to live right. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Now we can talk it out. We can try to pray it out. We can try to fast it out. We can try this and try that. But the Lord said, no, see, you're exerting a whole lot of energy. You're sweating. You're perspiring. Look at your uniform, it's all dirty. You're on the football field and you got a dirt. What's wrong with you? You got this dirty uniform. What's wrong with you? You can tackle way too much. That's what's happening. You're hurting. You're wounded. God said, no, there's an easier way. There's an easier way to receive deliverance in this area. How is that, Lord? By believing what I said. By hearing, believing, and walking in what I said. Because if you believe right, You will live right. The reason why some of us are not living right, because we don't believe right. The reason why a lot of us are in sin right now, that the body is in sin. The reason why they don't believe. They don't believe. But when you believe that you are the righteousness of God, your life changes. Just like you believe that Jesus could save your life, that he'd give you a new start, that his sin, that his blood could wash away all of your sin. You believe that and you came down to the altar or you were at home and you got down your knees and you received it and that moment changed your life. Same token, when you begin to believe who you are, who God says you are, when you begin to confess it, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am holy. I am holy. I am a son of God. I am a child of God. I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. I am redeemed. Once you believe it and then begin to confess it, your life will begin to change. Now, you can spend your days juking, Spinning, running, trying to get out of sin. And a lot of us are doing that. Oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. And it tackles you, boom, every time. There you go again. Laying on the ground with sin on you, with a bottle in your hand, or with somebody, or what, whatever it is. There you go again, been tackled. Now, I've never known a football player that purposely tries to get tackled and they like the feeling of getting tackled that's one thing that stopped me from playing football I didn't want to get tackled it looked painful to me run up the field and boom and them boys try to hurt they really try to put a hurting on you when they flip you I've seen people in the football games in high school football game and they run they try to get them at the legs and boom I've seen a boy flip and fall. That didn't seem like a lot of fun to me. It may have been fun to the person that was tackling them, that was throwing themselves like a human rocket. <laughs> Boom! It just doesn't seem fun. It seems painful to me. That's one thing that stopped me from joining the team. One of the things, the other thing was something else, but that's one thing that I just wasn't built for that. 
built for speed, so when I did, I tried to focus on running fast so I wouldn't get hit. But that's another story altogether. Are you hearing me? So when you give your life to Jesus, you use a thing called faith. And that faith was not according to works. You believed. You received. And it changed your life. Because of what you believed, your life changed. And I'm telling you now, because of what you believe, your life will change. If you still believe that you're a whoremonger or a whore, that's what you're going to be. But if you believe that you're redeemed of God, I'm saved. If you believe that you're the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus, then your life will line up in accordance to what's in your heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Now, let's look at something else. Let's go to the book of Matthew, the ninth chapter. Matthew 9. Matthew 9. Oh, this is, this is thrilling. Because actually, if you understand this, the, the, you ask the question, well, how will I be able to walk through this? When you are, like we said before, when you are ready, you won't have to dodge it. When you're ready, you won't need to. You'll just simply walk through. Because when you understand that the Father has, through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, through the cross of Calvary, the Father has disarmed, he has disarmed every power of the devil that he could work against you. The Father disarmed him. We'll talk about that in a second. Let me show you more about this. In Matthew 9, let's go to verse 27. It says, And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this. They said, uh, they said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. Now here's another miracle. What do they have to do to receive it? Believe. The Lord said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. If you can believe. Was it, why would blindness be any different than, in a, than an addiction? Why would blindness be any different than the brokenhearted? Or emotional pains or mental pains? Why would blindness be any different than anything else? It all can be solved through your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. When you receive the word that he sends to you, boom, and you run it in and receive your miracle. Are you with me? But we haven't been receiving, we haven't been scoring because we have not received the ball. Are you with me? The Lord said, be it unto you, even according to your faith. Not according to your works, what you've done, how right you have lived. You see, because our focus has been, has been on living right. Our focus has been on living right and not doing wrong. Oh, oh Lord Jesus, we got to hurry. I got to get, I got to get those things. So in Matthew 9, 29, 
He says, according to your faith, be it unto you. And uh, Matthew actually 9, 22 says, but Jesus turned about and saw her uh, and said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith have made thee whole. And uh, the woman was made whole from that hour. He said, thy faith, your faith have made you whole. And also in Luke, the seventh chapter, verse 50, uh, the Lord says here, he said to another woman here, he says, thy faith have saved thee. Go in peace. By faith, by faith, by what you believe, you will receive. Now, go to the book of Hebrew, the 12th chapter. We're going to get this. Hebrew, the 12th chapter. This is thrilling. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Hebrews 12. There's a woman that was having an argument with her husband about making coffee in the morning. And she said, the man is supposed to make the coffee. The man said, no, honey, you're just, you're just talking. She said, no, it's in the Bible. He said, where? Have you not read Hebrews? Anyway, Hebrews, the 12th chapter. 12th chapter. Now, this is some important stuff because here again, we have been mindful of sin, mindful of living right, mindful of doing right. So we have tried our best to live right, to do right. And live right and do right. You know what that's, you're trying your best to do that. You know what you're doing? Juking. Juking. Trying to stay away from it. But God has not called you to Mount Sinai. He's called you to Mount Zion. And you're going to see this here in Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Let's look at verse number 18. It says, for ye are not come unto the mount uh, that might be touched and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest. Now he's talking about Mount Sinai here. In verse number 19, he says, and the trumpet, rather than the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, uh, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken, uh, spoken to them anymore. Verse 20, for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart or spear. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. Now, this is talking to, now here are the two dispensations. This is, the, this is Mount Sinai. And then we're going to talk about Mount Zion in a second. Now, you have to realize your position, where you are as a member of the body of Christ. Now, I pray that you hear this. Where are you? As a member of the body of Christ, where is your mentality? Where is where has God taken you? He says in the word that he has not taken you. You have not come to Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai was where the father issued out the laws, the Ten Commandments under Moses. Moses brought the law, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. God said, I'm not bringing you. I'm not brought you believers. I'm not brought you 
the ones that are shed ones that have received the shed blood of Jesus Christ I have not brought you out of your spiritual Egypt out of the world to come to Mount Sinai I've not brought you out of the world to come to the place of law I've not brought you to be trembling in my presence because you think I'm about to kill you for doing wrong the people were terrified at God. Oh, oh, they were terrified. And on the mountain, it was like it was, it was volcanic. It was, it was erupting and, and lightning and thundering. Oh, the sight was so awesome. They didn't want to talk to God. They said, Moses, you talk to him because he scares us. And if we do something wrong, he's going to kill us. But here comes the mentality that's in the church today. I better try my best to live right. Try my best to do right. I got to hurry. I got to do it. I got to do it because after all, if I don't do it, God gonna get me. But the Bible says that the Father has not brought us to Mount Sinai, but He's brought us to Zion. Are you with me? So if you're focusing on trying to live right, trying, trying, you I mean your focus is really, I got to stop doing this. I got to stop doing that. Oh, I really got to stop. Oh, I really got to stop. You're working, you're working hard and you're sweating. You're a good person, but you're doing something and you keep getting tackled. And you look up and you see the sky because you're on the ground again and you say, oh God, how did I get here again? You see, sometimes when you're working, you miss a tackle or two. Ooh, dodge that one, Lord. <laughs> he didn't give me that time. Ooh, ooh, got that phone call. Come, no, click. Ooh, dodged. Dodge. Not gonna get into that. Ooh, I know where that's going. Ooh, no, 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 I'm not going with you. But then, before you know, bang. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So if your focus is on Mount Sinai, if you think that you're going to Mount Sinai, you're wrong. God said, I'm not taking you to Mount Sinai. I'm taking you to Mount Zion. Now let's look at this. Let's look at this. Verse 18 says again, he says, For ye are not come to come unto the mount that might be touched. In other words, Mount Sinai. In verse number 22, he says, But... Verse 22, Hebrews 12. But ye are come. Say, I am come. I am come come unto Mount Zion. Mount Zion. Zion. And unto the city of the living God. Now, this is where we're at now. Now, imagine a large group of people. Imagine Israel, if you would, uh, back in Bible times, standing there at that, see that, that terrible sight, see it over here on the side, over here, a lot of people standing around the mountain, they are choked up, they're trying their best to live right, trying their best to do right, trying their best to please an awesome God that they are terrified of, and they know if they do the wrong thing, that they're going to be stoned, that they're going to be, uh, they're going to be, uh, punished. They, that's what they're focused on, not getting punished, not getting punished. That's on that side. God said, I didn't call you over there. I called you over here to Mount Zion. He said, and over here. So let's look and see where we are. Uh, Pick up your spiritual GPS. Pick up your map. Let's see where we are. He said, but ye are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. So we're here in a city of God. Oh, it's beautiful up here. 
And look at all these angels all around. And it says, and it says in verse 23, uh, it says, to the uh, general assembly and church of the firstborn. Oh, we're here with the church. The church is here. Which are written in heaven. Uh, those that have their name written in heaven, that those, that are, those are the ones that are there. Which are written in heaven. And to God, the judge of all, he'll give us righteous judgment. And it says, and to the saints of just men made perfect. Those that have gone on before us, they're also there enjoying themselves. Verse 24 says, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. Our Lord is here. Hallelujah. He's the go-between. Hallelujah. Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. And to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Abel's blood was speaking. You know, when Cain killed Abel, when Abel's blood was shed upon the earth, Abel's blood shouted out revenge. Give me vengeance. Give me vengeance. Give me vengeance for what was done to me. That was Abel. That was the confession of Abel's blood. Give me vengeance. Get back, my murderer. Give me justice. Give me justice. Vengeance. Vengeance. That's what Abel's blood was crying out. But the blood of Jesus cries out for mercy, 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 mercy. Hallelujah. And don't you know that there's one thing that Jesus Christ left on this earth physically? That's his blood. His blood is still here. He took his body with him, but his blood is still here in the earth. And his blood is still crying out for mercy, for mercy and mercy upon his people. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, that is thrilling. That is wonderful. That is just wonderful. Now, so we see here, God did not call us to a place of wrath, but he called us to a place of peace. This is where the angels are dancing and they are festive. We are enjoying the presence of God. In the presence of God, in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's over here. That's over here. We're not focusing over here on what we should do and what we shouldn't do. But our focus is not on us, but it's on him. Our focus is on Jesus. Our focus is on him. And because we believe right, we do right. There's a difference between Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. So if you're constantly complaining about yourself, I'm still doing this and I'm still doing that. I got to stop doing this and I got to stop doing that. God going to get me as a curse of my life. Oh, you're at Mount Sinai. You haven't seen Mount Zion yet. You're in the wrong place. You see, because if you believe right, you'll do right. Your actions are always made possible to come about because of what you believe. Let me give you another example. If I told you, if I told you that I had a python snake under here, and it was a poisonous snake, one of the blueback poisonous snakes, and if I told you that, and if you really believe me, if you believe that it could kill you in five seconds, and if I threw it at you, if you believed it, you would run. Isn't that right? That instinct would kick in and you would run. Right? So if I did this and go, ah! 
Now, why, when I threw out that, that, that toy, that blue snake, why did nobody run? You didn't believe. You with me? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You're going to always act out on what you believe. If you're in an airport or in some type of government building, and if you see the, the, the lights begin to shine in the building, terrorist threat, terrorist threat, terrorist threat. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a bomb in the building. Please evacuate the building immediately. Now, if you see the lights flashing and the announcements going, and if you just say, hmm, I ain't going nowhere. Well, then you get blown up in there. But if you believe what was said, and uh, heaven help those that are in front of you. That are blocking the door. Now what made you run? What you believed. Right? So if you believe right, you'll live right. Now let me show you some things in conclusion. Let me show you some things in conclusion. Then we'll, we'll stop here. Go to the book of Colossians. Now we said before that the father has disarmed. He has taken the power away that the enemy had that he was using against you. He has taken away the tacklers power. Now the only power that the tacklers have now is, this, is the power that you give them. The Bible declares clearly that, and you can write this down. I want you to hear it as well. You can write this down. And, um, First Corinthians, the 15th chapter, you can write it down. First Corinthians 15, verse 55 through 57. It says, O death, where is thy sting? Where, where is thy sting? O death, where is thy sting? It says, O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. The strength of sin is the law. Say with me, the strength of sin is the law. The strength of sin is the law. The strength of sin is the law. So as long as you are over here observing sin and trying to do right, trying this and that and the other, you're under law and sin is very strong. The strength of sin is law. But where there is no law, there is no sin. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I want to show you this. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> uh, Colossians, the second chapter, Colossians 2, verse um, 13, 14, 15. And it says, this is on the King James Version. It says, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, have he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Now, you were dead in your sin, but because you believed in Jesus, he has made you alive. You are born again. He has quickened you, made you alive again, and has forgiven you of all of your trespasses. Say with me, I am forgiven of all my sins. Past, present, and future. They're all forgiven. Now listen, all God wants you to do in the future with the future and present stuff is acknowledge it and confess it. Acknowledge it and confess it. 
Are you hearing me? But your sins are already forgiven. He says that all trespasses. God has already forgiven you of all trespasses. Now, the only reason why people go to hell is because they don't receive. They don't believe. It's their choice. But God has already made a clear path. Now, listen. The Bible says here in verse 14. Now, well, let me back up for a second. Why do, if I'm forgiven, Pastor, why I got to confess it? Uh, if, I'm, if I'm forgiven, why do I have to acknowledge it? Why do I have to do that? Because when you don't acknowledge and confess sin, you give the enemy more power over you. And he will begin to rule your life because of the things that you've allowed to be in there. When you don't acknowledge it and confess it before God, that is bringing it, bring it into the light. That means that that sin stays in the closet. It stays in the dark and you hope nobody knows. And the more you do that, the stronger the enemy stronghold gets and he will shackle you and chain you down. And you realize that you begin to spend more money than you wanted to spend. You begin to realize you stay places much longer than you want to stay. You go further, much further than you want it to, uh, to go. Are you with me? Sin will take you for a ride. And you can get out there. You can get out there so far. I mean, so far out there. And, and your spirit man will cry out, God, I don't want this anymore. Help me. But you're so far in it that your body is beginning to dictate to you your actions. You're being flesh led instead of spirit led. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about when you're so out, so out of control, you begin to steal from your parents. So out of control, you begin to lie. So out of control, you lose your job. So out of control. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You lose your dignity. That's why I say, got to confess it. Get it out in the light. And let God deal with it. All right. Now look at, look at this. Verse number 14. And we're beginning to close here. He says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing, triumphing uh, over them in it. The Bible says that when Jesus died on the cross for us, when he was sacrificed for us, his sacrifice blotted out the handwriting of ordinances, also called the handwriting of requirements, the law. God blotted out or erased his own handwriting. These handwriting of ordinances were also charges against you that the enemy was using to keep you down. The enemy would say, well, you can't do this, you can't do that because you haven't done this, that, and the other. The enemy was armed because of stuff that we tried, with stuff that we tried to do with. He was armed with our failures because we could not keep the law. Could not keep it. Could not keep it. You know, if you try your best to stay out of, uh, try to best to stay out of one sin, you try your best to do it. You, that means you're focused on it. And don't you know that opportunities will come to you? Opportunities will come. 
You say, I'm not going to smoke anymore. I'm not going to smoke anymore. I'm not going to smoke anymore. I'm going to be right with God. I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to smoke. And you're going to find people going to give you cigarettes. They're going to give it to you. I guarantee you, you're going to find it coming to you from all sides. You say, when I was doing it, I couldn't find nobody to help me when I was all into it. But the moment I began to try to break away, and now it's all around me. Say you're not going to eat some chocolate. And now it's everywhere. Say you're going to give up sweets. And now it's everywhere. Are you hearing me? It's those tacklers trying to prevent you from doing something that God has called you to do. It's everywhere now. You can't avoid it. But so the enemy was armed with that. He was armed with the knowledge of your failures. Because you couldn't meet up to the handwriting. You couldn't meet the requirements of the handwriting. So Jesus said, uh-huh, you, you're trying to blackmail my people. And I don't like that word, but it fits in here. You're trying to blackmail my people with this information. Uh-huh. Okay, here's what I do. I'm going to take that arrest warrant that you have and I'm going to blot it out. It's not there anymore. And now, Satan, you have no more power over my people. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Now, I want to re- let me read this to you out of the uh, New Living Translation. Let me read to you um, verse 14 and 15 our New Living. It says like this. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. So when Jesus was hung to the cross, he was hung there physically, but also with him, it was our offenses that the Father nailed to the cross. It was the record of our sin, past, present, and future. It was everything that the enemy could use to defeat us. God said, I'll take that record and I'll nail it with my son, nail it upon my son on the cross. And now when the devil comes to you and brings you some lies and say, you this, that, and the other, you'll never be this, that, and the other, you say, no, my record is been cleansed my record has been expunged God is no longer holding me to that I am righteous before God I am redeemed I am forgiven I am a son of God and the things that you're saying devil is wrong and it is false and has been cleansed away and when you're armed with that truth you don't have to duck and dodge you just walk on through because these things now are shadows in the wind Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? All the record of things you're doing now, things that you have done, things that you will do, all hung on the cross. We don't do a sin now and then it's written down and then forgiven. It's already forgiven. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So why do I confess it if it's already forgiven? So that it won't have power over you. The Bible says clearly, let not sin reign over your mortal bodies. Sin does have the power to reign over you if you allow it to. Are you hearing what we're saying today? Let me read to you that same verse, those same verses out of the message Bible. I love the way it reads. It says, God brought you alive right along with Christ when you raised him from the dead, of course. He said, think of it. All sins forgiven. The slate wiped clean. That old arrest warrant canceled and nailed to Christ's cross. He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their shame.
the Bible says here, he stripped all the, all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. Made an open show of the devil. The devil knows he's defeated. The devil knows he no longer has power over you. He knows that he has no longer power over you. He knows it. He knows the only place that he has power is over there by Mount Sinai. Now, one thing that you'll notice, too, and we're closing here, you'll find the children of Israel, as they were coming out of the land of Egypt, man, they were murmuring and complaining and bellyaching all the way to Mount Sinai. If this was Mount Sinai, you hear me? If that was Mount Sinai, and this is Egypt over here, as they came out of Egypt, journeying to Mount Sinai. Now, I can't touch the mountain, so here's the base of the mountain here with all the trees growing up here. Hallelujah. As they were journeying out of Egypt to Mount Sinai, they were complaining. They were belly aching. Pharaoh was coming against them, trying to kill them. And here come the complaints. What are we going to do now, Moses? What are we going to do now? And all this stuff. God makes it. But understand, with their complaining and belly aching and whining, there was no judgment. Nobody died. They came through the Red Sea on the other side. And they walked around a little bit before they got to Mount Sinai. They came through and they found some waters and it was bitter. And they said, oh, well, the water's bitter here. Why don't we leave Egypt anyway? The water's so bitter over here. Moses stretched over his staff. Boom, the waters became sweet. Mm. And they're still going. They haven't gotten to Mount Sinai, but they're still belly aching and complaining and all that stuff all the way up to it. And now they're at Mount Sinai. Once the commandments are given... The people belly can whine, but now here comes snakes biting them. Now here comes judgment. They were doing the same things, but before they had no law. Or oh, somebody's going to hear that. Before they had no law, still wrong, but there was no judgment. There was no law then. Abraham lying through his teeth about his wife. Oh, is she my sister? Well, she was physically a sister, but the lie was he told it with the intent to deceive. That made it a lie. But there was no law. And where there is no law, there is no sin. I wonder if you're hearing today. So some of you are focusing on law. And that's why your life is such a sham and a mess. You're giving the enemy all kind of power over you. But if you come to Mount Sion... And focus on your relationship with Jesus. And believe what he has said about you. You mean I'm the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus? I am righteous. I am a son of God. I am forgiven. I am redeemed. I am holy. And as I believe it, I began to act it out. And those tackles that are coming against me, I learned that, hey, I don't dodge them anymore. I don't have to dodge lust anymore. That's why she can do all the belly dancing. She can do all of that in front of me. I don't have to dodge it. Now, it's just dust in the wind. What? What? You? That? What? Don't bother me. What? 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 You hear what I'm saying to you? It's just dust in the wind now. It offers no threat because I'm not at Mount Sinai. I'm a resident of Mount Zion, the city of the great king. I pray that you heard the word of God today.
will praise the wonderful name of Jesus. We pray that you are blessed by today's message and that you are richly encouraged. On behalf of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center, we would like to invite you out to Sunday Morning Sunday School. It starts at 9 a.m. Sunday Morning Worship starts at 10. Come expecting a miracle. Wednesday night is dinner and Bible study. Dinner starts at 6.15 with Bible study starting at 7. All are welcome. Come out and enjoy the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ under the anointing of His precious Spirit. Kingdom Rock is located at 180 Hilton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop by and see us sometimes. To learn more about our ministry, give us a call at 770-537-1933. That number again, 770-537-1933. Or just log on to our website 24 hours a day at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. We'll be glad to hear from you. And if you'd like to partner with me to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ all around the world, just let us know because partnership has its advantages. Until next time, this has been Pastor Mark A. Stroud. And I thank you once again for joining me for Kingdom Rock Radio. Tune in again for the rich word of the Lord. Always remember that Jesus Christ is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you this Sunday at 10 a.m. at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia.